Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 42 of Revelation chapter 14. And we're continuing to look into verse 15. Revelation 14 verse 15 says, And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time is come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. Well, we spent some time looking at the word thrust, And we saw how it is a Greek word translated overwhelmingly as send, as when God sends messengers, send in thy sickle. We also saw that God says in John chapter 4, in verse 38, I sent you to reap. And that word was a different Greek word for send, but it led us to Mark 4, verse 29, when when the fruit is ready, immediately he putteth in the sickle. And the word putteth in, the Greek word translated as putteth in, is another word overwhelmingly translated as send. Send in the sickle, just as we have here in Revelation fourteen fifteen, And we've seen that God is, in a sense, or in a way, giving us another commission. We all have heard or or should have heard about the Great Commission to go into the world with the gospel, to evangelize the earth, and, and basically that was the commission to sow the seed of the gospel in order that people might hear and become saved. But now the day of salvation is past. The time for sowing has concluded. The workday in the vineyard has come to a close. The 12-hour day in which we were to uh, sow the seed and and the fruit was to come forth has uh, closed. Now, there's an interesting verse in the book of Ecclesiastes in chapter 11 and verse 6. And people earlier, um, when we first began to talk about God shutting the door and, and, uh, we're not to sow seed any longer, but it's the time of reaping the harvest. Well, there were a few people that went to this verse to, they thought, prove that, no, that's not true, but we're to continue to sow seed until the end of time or the end of the world. And let me read what it says in the King James English. And then I'll read what it says in the literal, in, in the Hebrew text. And it, it makes a very big difference in the meaning. In our King James Bible, Ecclesiastes 11 verse 6 says, In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand, for thou knowest not whether shall prosper, either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. Now, the evening is the night. And and they were saying, see, we sow the seed in the morning, 
and we do not withhold uh, our hand back from sowing seed in the evening. And it, it certainly appeared, well, God is indicating the sowing process goes on even into the night. That is until you look more closely. And literally, in the interlinear Bible, it reads this way. And this again is Ecclesiastes 11, verse 6. Sow your seed in the morning and do not rest your hand until evening. You sow the seed until evening. And that's in full agreement with what we learned about that 12-hour workday when the laborers hired at the 11th hour were hired at the end of the day, the 11th to the 12th hour. They only worked one hour, typifying the Great Tribulation. And Jesus said, are there not 12 hours in the day? And then we also read of Christ saying in John 9, in verse 4, I must work the works of him of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. That is the twelve-hour day. And that last hour of work is the eleventh to the twelfth. One hour signifying the great tribulation. Then comes spiritual night. Then comes the evening. And and that's what Ecclesiastes 11.6 is saying. Sow your seed in the morning and do not rest your hand until evening. Until the night. Then the day is over. The day of salvation has come to an end. Well, in Revelation 14, in this passage, God is going to discuss the time period when the work day, the 12-hour day of salvation, as it's typified in the Bible, has ended, and now it's time to reap. It's no longer time to sow. And the Bible calls this harvest. And here in Revelation 14, 15, Thrust in thy sickle, send in the sickle, and reap. For the time is come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. Now, um, we're going to be talking a lot about harvest in the following verses and uh, until Revelation 14 concludes, until the chapter is over. So let's, let's, um, take a quick look at what the Bible has to say about harvest. We know that Matthew 13 gives us a scripture that is very important in verse 39. At the end of the verse, it says, the harvest is the end of the world and the reapers are the angels or the messengers. I send you to reap, Jesus said in John 4.38. We are the messengers of God. We are the reapers. But the harvest is the end of the world or the end of the age. And that's where we're living, at the end of the age, the end of this world. And and so uh, Revelation 14 is speaking of the final harvest in God's um, salvation program in his times and seasons. There were three periods of rain, three periods of uh, famine, and three periods of harvest. This is the third and final period of harvest. 
in the book of Proverbs, we find several verses that speak of harvest. For instance, in Proverbs chapter 6, it says in verse 6, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. Well, here God is speaking of the ant, and he's telling us to uh, to consider her ways, to look to the ant and be wise. And, and notice wisdom comes into play, and wisdom has everything to do with the Lord Jesus Christ and the people of God made wise through salvation, possessing the Spirit of Christ as he is the essence of wisdom. We become wise. And what does the Bible tell us about the time of the end? The wise will understand. And none of the wicked will understand, but the wise will understand. And and therefore, consider the wise ant, or consider the ant and be wise. And, and notice it says that the ant provides her meat in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. Now, those are, are synonymous statements. Summer and harvest are saying the same thing. Uh, providing her meat, gathering her food are saying the same thing. It's a form of Hebrew parallelism, and uh, it, it's speaking of the ant being a gatherer, and that's what reaping is. We, When we reap, we're gathering the fruit, and uh, as God is viewing it, it could also be bundling tares uh, that are uh, not good fruit, or proclaiming the word of God, which will bring about uh, a form of reaping of the wicked, as we see in Revelation chapter 14. But notice that the ant is referred to and in association with wisdom because she works. The ant works in harvest. The ant is busy in gathering food during harvest. Now we can also, I think, see some relationship to what God says about feed my sheep. And and in order to feed God's sheep, we would have to gather some food. And, and uh, there is also that element in that parable. Uh, once the door shut and a friend is on his journey and, and comes to a man and and so he goes to his friend's house requesting bread to share with his friend who's traveling on a journey. And and that's what God's people really are doing when we go to God and we're, we're beseeching the Lord for truth. Help us to understand what you have done in this time of judgment that we might share with others. So we're gathering food and in that sense also as well as gathering the elect together, and 
there is, uh, again, an element of gathering the wicked in a certain sense for burning. But, but notice that it's contrasted here. God quickly speaks of the ant and her work that she's busy doing in gathering with the, the sluggard who sleeps. How long, it says in Proverbs 6, 9, wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? There's the first reference to sleep. When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? That's the second. Verse 10, yet a little sleep. The third, a little slumber. That's the fourth. A little folding of the hands to sleep. That's the fifth. Five references to sleep in just a couple of verses. And then God says, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth. Now, poverty in the Bible to to be spiritually poor uh, is, is not a good thing at all. As we read in Proverbs, um, Proverbs 20, verse 13, says, Love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. So, again, sleep and poverty. In Proverbs 24, verse 33 and 34, Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. That's saying the same thing at the end of um, verse 11 in, in Proverbs 6. So sleep and poverty, they go hand in hand. And, and then in Proverbs 10, it says in verse 15, the rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. So um, to be destroyed is a, a man's poverty. No matter how many things they have of the world, physically, materially, spiritually, if they are not saved, then they're, they're impoverished. And when someone is sleeping spiritually in time of harvest, it's giving every evidence of someone that is not saved and therefore it is their poverty when they sleep in time of harvest. In Proverbs 10, a little earlier in this chapter, it says in um, verse 4 and 5, He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. And and there again, God is speaking of the one that gathers in summer, being wise. He's a wise son. Because when you gather in summer, you're giving evidence of being a, a believer, a child of God. But why wouldn't everyone be involved in gathering in summer or gathering in the harvest? Why wouldn't even people that aren't saved in the churches be involved in that? Well, because what have we learned uh, since May 21, 2011? We've learned that was the beginning of Judgment Day, the beginning of the final harvest. 
as God relates Judgment Day with harvest, a, a time period, a prolonged time period of, in all probability, 1600 days, and the 1600th day of this period of time since May 21, 2011, falls on October 7th in the year 2015, which happens to be the last day of the Feast of Ingathering, or the last day of the Feast of Harvest. And I can't get over that when when I think about that, that in the passage of Revelation 14, that's where we get the number 1600, and when we we understand that Revelation 14 is speaking of Judgment Day, which began on May 21, and we go 1600 days from that point, which brings us to the last verse, Revelation 14, verse 20 in that chapter, that had just been uh, going into an in-depth discussion of putting in the sickle and the harvest of the world. And, and it just so happens, 1600 days later, from the day the Bible has locked in as the beginning of Judgment Day, and therefore the beginning of the final harvest, falls on the last day of harvest and and also the last day of tabernacles next year in the year 2015. And, And therefore, God has been revealing this information to us, continuing to open up the understanding of his people in the time of the end to reveal that we're no longer to sow the seed, but we are to reap. We are to prophesy again, not uh, a prophecy in which we have any expectation of anyone being saved, but incredibly a prophecy that is geared towards gathering the elect and bundling tares and and also um, bringing information forth from the Word of God that will act as um, fire to the unsaved, to wood, hay, and stubble. And, and all this is going on, and the Lord's people are gathering in harvest. But are the churches involved in this? Oh, no, they wouldn't have anything to do with it. Are those that were hooked up or wrapped up in the proclamation of May 21, 2011, that joined up to proclaim those things, and and yet as soon as things did not go as expected quickly on with some with most of them, they left not only the idea of May 21, 2011, but they left the biblical calendar of history behind. They left many sound and faithful doctrines behind, such as the end of the church age and Christ slain from the foundation of the world and annihilation and other things. And they couldn't wait to go their way, to go back to the church, go back to former doctrines, go back to the world. Well, uh, are they acting or, or behaving themselves, conducting themselves as a wise son in harvest? No, no, but isn't it true that it's much more a very apt and fitting description of these many people and, and, and the spiritual condition 
that has been uh, overall, we would have to say, in Christendom, in the world of the gospel, especially amongst those that believe they have the true gospel, the spiritual condition is one of sleeping. They're, they say God's still saving, yet they're not doing anything about that. They're not um, coming together and going on track trips all over the world, as they should be, if they believe God is still saving. They're, they're not apparently even all that active uh, in getting out gospel tracts in their own towns and cities. They're not all that active, it seems, anywhere at all. They're not interested, that's for sure, in discussing the Great Tribulation or the end of the world any longer. They're not all that interested, it seems, in discussing a great many of the biblical doctrines that the Lord kindly and graciously opened up to his people at the time of the end. And so what does that describe but a spiritual condition in which their eyes are closed? They are sleeping. And yet the reality is it is harvest time. It is the time of harvest. We read in Mark 13, and this is one of the chapters dealing with the Great Tribulation and the end of the world, where God says in Mark 13, in verse 33, Take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants, and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. It's um, extremely significant that Christ, when speaking of his coming, he refers to those that will be sleeping. But sleeping in what way? Sleeping in the harvest. They will be a son, uh, a professed son that causes shame. They will be um, asleep and this will be their poverty because it will lead to their destruction. We're living in a time where we ought not to be inactive, but we should be as active as ever God's people have been active. We have a task. We have been commissioned to reap. We are sent forth into the world, into the harvest, the final harvest to reap. And a wise son will gather the fruit. Now, um, Lord willing, in our next study, we're going to go to 1 Thessalonians 5 and see how God speaks of the day of the Lord. And he talks about watching as compared to sleeping. But at, at the close of this study, let's go to Matthew 24, which we know um, in verse 29 speaks of the time period immediately after the tribulation. Where we're at, we're in those days after the tribulation, judgment day. And then it, it speaks of Christ 
coming in the clouds, which has to do with um, seeing the judgment of God in the pages of the scripture. And then in verse 31 of Matthew 24, it says, And he shall send his angels. He will send. And, and this is the Greek word apostello, 649 in Strong's Concordance, uh, uh, that we read in Matthew 13, 39, when the Lord Jesus says that the reapers are the angels or the messengers. And here in Matthew 24, 31, and he shall send his angels, his messengers, the true believers. I send you to reap, John 4, 38 says. Well, here it says, and he shall send his messengers with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Now, what is that describing? When he sends his messengers to gather together his elect all across the world. from That's what the language of uh, the four winds and from one end of heaven to the other means. Everywhere in the world where the great multitude were saved out of every tribe and nation and tongue. God sends his messengers to reap. That, that's what gathering is. It is reaping. Gathering the elect is the reaping process. And, and this is again what God is referring to when he speaks of being a wise son in harvest or being an ant that gathers her food in harvest rather than the only other option is one that sleeps in harvest and and one who sleeps in harvest is a son that causes shame thanks for joining us for e-bible fellowships evening bible studies you can hear these studies monday through friday over pal talk skype e-bible fellowships webcast audio or over your phone for more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.